as we have been in prayer for the upcoming series, and, and I don't place blame on anyone, but oftentimes we put a lot of emphasis on the hows of how to get past the situation or how to resolve a problem, but we don't emphasize the why. We don't tell you the why. We, we talk about giving and why you, sh- why you should give. And then we don't explain the whole realm of it, if y'all are following me. So we want to move into an area about, we're talking about commitment. We're talking about commitment, and that song is so appropriate. For your glory, Lord, I will do anything because it's about our commitment to God. Oftentimes in our lives that we are engaged at a very early time to certain things, And when we become engaged in those things, we fail to see the great that other things can bring. For example, as a young child, the very first new car that my dad ever purchased was a station wagon. And that station wagon was called a Plymouth Fury, and Plymouth is no longer in business. But I loved that car. It was, we went from a a car that seated only six people, and there were eight of us, to a car that fit eight of us. And we used to take that car to the movies back when they used to have drive-ins. And I just really loved that. So right now, to this day, I'm still partial to Chrysler's, to Plymouth's, to Dodge. Not saying that's the only car I've ever owned, but I'm partial to them. Saturday nights in our house, every Saturday night, for as long as I can remember, we had chili dogs for dinner. And so to this day, you cannot tell me the best food in the world is not a chili dog. The only thing better than a chili dog is a chili cheese dog. And then we can go on from there. Some people have lived in one particular city, one particular town all of their lives, and they have never lived anywhere else. And they say, this is the greatest place in the world to live. We got good neighbors. We don't pay a whole lot of taxes. We don't have a whole lot of crime. And every year we have the great pumpkin festival. You know, there's pumpkin pie and pumpkin juice and and pumpkin parades and pumpkin parades and all these other things. And we can easily say that people like me and people like that, they are committed. They believe what they believe. They trust in what they trust. They are committed. The principles of Christianity are similar to that of our jobs of our marriage, of our educations. If in order for it to be successful, you have to be committed to it. Anything that you want to be successful in your life, you have to make commitments. It means making sacrifices, but in order for it to work, you have to be committed. You cannot work for seven hours and expect to get paid for eight. You cannot take extended lunch breaks and thinking nobody's going to miss you. You, if no one else on the job, have got to be committed. And I don't know why that's funny to somebody. (laughs) But we've got to be committed. Say, I am committed. So is there any better food? Is there a better car? Is there a better place to live? But more importantly, is there a better Savior than Jesus Christ? Are you committed? We're committed to our cars. We're committed to our communities. We're committed to the foods that we like. We are so committed 
to being Oakland Raider fans because that's what we were raised to be. And even myself, I don't know what it is about sports teams that we refuse. I don't care how bad they do. Honestly, we refuse to switch teams. But is there a better team? There possibly is. Is there a better food? Maybe. But is there a better God? A question was asked on Facebook, and I'll leave the names anonymous. A question was asked on Facebook. It says, why did you attend or not attend church today? And I read through and, you know, people saying, you know, I've been through too much on this week. Or one person said their their child had been having some health issues. And they said, because God brought them through, I was in church. But then one person replied with this. They said that I found that I met God in a far better, deeper, richer, and more meaningful ways when I eliminated the program of Sunday church. Many times I've sat in church services asking, where is God? Some of the saddest, most unfulfilling years of my life. So I have to ask the question, where is their commitment? Was their commitment in God or was their commitment in the program? Was their commitment in the choir? Was their commitment to others who were around them? There will never be a successful commitment to Christ or to the church if you don't first have a commitment to Christ. Amen. Thank you. And to God be the glory. We can, we can do all, I mean, we can be, I mean, we have the best singers that money could ever buy right here at Open Altar Worship Center, but because they have a heart for Christ, great musicians, great heart here, but it's about Jesus first. That's where our commitment has to be. So I want to ask a series of questions on the day. And the first question is this. Are you still committed when you realize that you've been misled? Are you still committed when you realize that you've been misled? I'm going to ask uh, Sister Lori if you would come up here for a second, please. I want you to stand right here behind me. Yeah, directly behind me. And I want you to hold this just like that. Don't show anybody. Hold it right there. Leaders. On every level, and I'm not exalting myself, God forbid, that I would exalt myself above anyone. Not another pastor, not a lay member, not anyone in this church or otherwise. But leaders can oftentimes make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've said, well, you know, the parable of the sower that soweth the word. And I said this just a few weeks ago in Luke chapter 4. No, it's in Mark chapter 4. So we make mistakes like that. But when leaders say, okay, everyone who has given their tithes or returned their tithes on this month, I want you to get that figure in your mind. And at the end of this month, I want you to double your tithe. And then for the month of July, I want you to double what you doubled for June. Because we've got some projects that are going on and God is going to move mightily. And we begin to tell people things that are not scriptural. We start putting pressure on people. And then people are so committed to the leaders, they say, well, you know, if I got to give up this, I want to make sure that I do what the man of God says, what the woman of God says, what my leaders are saying. 
And then they're like, well, I got to get me another job. And then they start calling family and friends and saying, hey, can you give me a little extra money because my light bill is due? And they're like, well, what happened? Because you got money and everything else is going on. And then, nope, leave the camera right there where it is. Thank you so much. And they don't realize that the leader has moved over here. The leader has moved over here. And the people are, how many of you, and I'm going to ask right now, show of hands, how many of you are watching me, and how many of you are watching Sister Lori? Show of hands. How many of you all are watching me, and how many of you kept your eyes on Sister Lori? Anybody? Okay, we got one. Being honest, kept your eyes on, two people kept their eyes on Sister Lori. Turn that sign around and hold it up. Because the leader moved off to the side, and they never, they didn't know who this was. They didn't keep their eyes on this Because they didn't know who that was. When the sign is turned around, you don't know who it is. Because you're too busy looking at me. But when I step over here and the sign gets turned around, you have to realize where is your commitment. So can you still be committed once you realize you've been misled? I think probably, thank you so much, Sister Lori. I think probably... Many of us, if not all of us in this room, at some point have experienced some type of church hurt. Some type of church hurt. But the Bible says that we will all stand before God and give an account for the things done in this body, whether they be good or evil. And God's not going to say, all right, let me get my belt out. Who said something to you? Who was picking on you? God's not going to say that. He's going to say, where was your commitment? Where was your commitment? My son was offended. But he was obedient even to death on the cross. Even to death on the cross. So can we still be committed once we realize we've been misled? Number two. Are you committed to do what's important even when you don't feel like it? Are you committed to do what's important even when you don't feel like it? Because there are people in your lives, and they may be strangers, they may be co-workers, they may be family members that know just how to make your blood pressure go up. And you avoid conversations with them. You avoid certain things to talk about when you get around them because you know how it makes you feel. And we are quick. I know I've done it. I'm done with them. But did God say leave them alone? Did God say stop going after them? Did God say stop pursuing them? But who and what are you committed to? Well, I can't be seen with them. They are, they are just too much trouble. Being a Christian is not about your feelings. Being a true Christian, being committed, is not about your emotions. Because your emotions will have you happy right now, but when your team is down for those sports lovers, when your team gets down, all of a sudden, our mindset changes about life. It's the fourth quarter, you're down by two touchdowns, and all of a sudden, Jesus gets pushed to the side. You're like, I'm not going back to service tonight. My team lost. What does Jesus have to do with your team losing? Because guess what? There are believers on those teams. Both the team that's winning the team that's losing. The coach, the fans, they're all believers. Not saying they're all, but they're believers all throughout. 
But we cannot change our mind just because we don't feel like doing what God has led us to do. And I'm not trying to put anybody on blast, but I got a text this morning. Somebody said, hey, I won't be in service today. And it, it threw me back. And I was, I was really hurt. And I know it's just because they just have something going on. They just had something going on. But the Lord said, what, what are you preaching on today? <laughs> Never, get out of my business, God. <laughs> He's like, are you committed? Because one person sends you a text and tells you they're not going to be in church. Are you still committed? And we can get thrown off by so many simple things in life. So many simple things in life. The book of Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 28, says, So what do you think? And Jesus is speaking. He says, There was a man who had two sons. He, took, he went to one and said to him, Son, go and work in the, in today in the vineyard. And the son replied, I will not go, he answered. But later, he changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. And then finally, which of the two did their, what their father wanted? The first they answered, and Jesus said, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Why? Because they're committed to what they do. The tax collectors are committed to what they do. The women of the night are committed to what they do. But we keep saying, Lord, I will, and we don't. Yes, Lord, for your glory, I will do anything. Can you go over there and, and ask, just ask that guy if he needs help changing that tire? <laughs> I just got out of church. No. <laughs> I would, but. We keep saying, but God. But we're really saying, but God, I have somewhere else to go. But God, I have something pending now. Are we committed? Life can be difficult, but guess what? Life is long, ain't it? Life can be long, and although life appears to be all smooth and white, when you get closer to it, you find that there are some bumps, and there are some imperfections in it, and it's not all the same color, even though when you look at it, it's like, hmm, but it's not going anywhere going to stay there i need two people to come up here please don't everybody move at once quick 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 all right all right all right i got two two come on either way all right y'all hold that i'm gonna give you this and i'm gonna give you this now this is life I got the rod. I got the rod. I got it. What you have in your hand, that is a situation. And I'm talking to both of you. Think about a situation in your life. And the same of you. Think about a situation in your life that you're dealing with. It may be a good one. It may be one that's not good. It may be a person. It may be a place. It may be a thing. But in life, you're trying to get somewhere. 
And you've got to deal with that situation. So go ahead and put your situation on the end. Go ahead. Now, when I tell you to, I want you to move your situation. When I tell you to. Are you ready? Ready, set, go. Stop. When I tell you to move your situation. Ready, set, When I tell you to move your situation, move it. Go. Stop. Okay. Let me ask you number one. Did y'all look at each other? Okay. Your commitment cannot be based upon what he's doing. And your commitment cannot be based upon what he's doing. And all too often, we base what we do. I want to go back to school. Why? Because other people are going back to school and and they're getting higher educations. But I've got to go when I have time, when it's right for me. Thank you very much. Y'all can sit down. But, But what it is, is we're all trying to get somewhere. But where are we trying to get? We're trying to get somewhere. But where is your commitment level? Where is your commitment level? Is it in other people? Well, I'll do it when they do it. You know, like you tell kids, y'all, y'all, y'all shake hands, y'all make up. No, I'm not going to. No, you've got to do what you've got to do when God tells you to do it. But suppose it's just not quite that easy. Where are you trying to get to? Can I get y'all back up here, please? I'm sorry. Well, Brother Tahu, he ain't committed no more. I know. We love the children. Go ahead. Pick it up. Now, they had to start at the end, didn't they? When somebody's looking at, well, where did other peace come from? Where did that other peace come from? Where were you trying to? This is your this is your situation. This is your situation. Where were you going with your situation? To the middle. middle. And what's in the middle? The The answer. Where were you going? And that sometimes that's the way life is. You just, hey, I just got here. But the thing about it is, this is God in the middle. Because you can keep going and keep going, but what are you going to get to when you get to the middle? In the middle, God has got to be what you're striving for, whatever your situation is. Like I said, it could be good, it could be something bad. But God has got to be in the middle. Now, I'll speak to Tom, and, and let's just say you, you were here from the beginning. Yeah, 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 okay. But where did they start? They started on the end. But we find God is right here in the middle. And, and for you all don't know, this is just basic what they call PVC pipe. All right? But we use this, for example, for plumbing. That's one of the things we use it for. If you poured water in here, where is it going to go? It's going to come out right here. So we connect ourselves to God and then watch God's blessings just flow out of this. We have to aim for something with our situations and watch the water, the blessings of God flow. God says, bring me, bring me your cares. Bring me everything you have. And we have to be committed to God. 
We have to be committed. And even though he had to start on that end and he had to start on that end, God was always in the middle. And the one thing that people may be asking, and I think I saw some eyes, they're like, how did that piece get up there? Because it's very simple. How many of y'all, because I'm going to be honest, when I was a teenager, I used to do magic tricks. I used to do little magic tricks. God didn't magically appear in our lives. God did not magically appear in our lives because they were committed and they connected themselves to God. People like, oh, open altar, the, the pastor done went off. He's doing magic tricks in the church. No. If you prepare yourself, all I had to do was cut a little slot in here and slide it on. It was simple. But the thing about it is, is when it was down here on the ground, you couldn't see it, and it all came together. It was down here. You couldn't see it, but it all came together. Now, is that magic? No, because if that's magic, go up here to Hardy's after church, pull to the drive through window, order number 11, which is a hot ham and cheese, a big hot ham and cheese, and a sweet tea, and that's just a guess, and two sweet Two hot apple pies. And you just speak into a box. And you go around the side and somebody and somebody hands you a bag with food. Is that magic? Yeah, it is. It is. It's magic. Hey, give me a number 11. What up? Yeah, I want to meet. No, meet him. No, I want that large. And we tell them what we want. And when we pull around the side, they just give me a bag of food. That's magic, ain't it? No. It's making your request. And even though you don't see it, it all comes together. Because you made the preparations when you asked for it. And the food is being done. You just have to say, hey, this is what I want. So God ahead of time says, look, if you just take the time to do what you need to do. When you, when you need me, it'll all come together. And as you bring it to me, when you're committed to me, the blessings are going to flow. The blessings are going to flow. Thank y'all very much. The last point. The last point is this. And I understand that we're, we're living in some difficult times. Things that we used to joke about, you, can, you can't joke about. Remember 20, 25 years ago, they came out with a law that says, if you walk in the airport and say, hi, Jack, you could be arrested. We, I mean, you, people used to say stuff like that. But now everything, so many things affect what people say and what they do. So I say this because of the fact that I know that it hits home. It hits home with me first. Are you, are you committed, because we're talking about committed, are you committed when you've lost it all? Are you committed when you've lost it all? We're talking about commitment. And the story the Lord gave me was in the book of Ruth. And we, we're familiar with the story of Ruth. And if you're not, we'll go over it real quickly. But I want to go over these verses one by one 
so that you get a clear understanding. In verse chapter one, verse 15 says, look, says Naomi, here is a woman whose husband, his name is Imelech, and had two sons, Melah and Kilion. They were Jewish and they lived in Bethlehem. Naomi is married to Imelech. They ended up moving to Moab. And God told them, do not marry the Moabites. Y'all with me? So now you have a husband and a wife, their two sons and their two daughters-in-law. The Bible says that Imelech, the father, Naomi's husband, died. And then 10 years later, both the sons died. And many times in the Old Testament, because of people's disobedience, and God will spell it out in his word, it says, because of their evil, they died. Because of their sins, they died. But the Bible doesn't say this. And some speculate that because they married into these Moabites, it brought about a curse. But we don't know that. But nevertheless, the husband and the two sons are dead. And Naomi, the mother, says, look, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her God, small g. Go back with her. Orpah is the other woman's name. And the daughter's name, the other daughter-in-law is Ruth, the one whom the book is written after. So you've got Naomi, the mother-in-law, and the two daughters, daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. But she's telling her, go back with your sister and worship with their people and their gods. They worship a god called Chemosh. Chemosh. His name means subduer or destroyer. Or some call him the fish god. And even the Ammonites worship the same god. So y'all with me? So then verse 16. But Ruth replied, urge me. Don't urge me, excuse me. To leave you or to turn my back on you. Where you will go, I will go. Where you stay, what? I will stay. Your people will be my people and your what? Will be my God. Big G. Your God. Because of her commitment to Naomi. Think about the relationship that has been established and continues to go on. And she's saying, I don't want to be with my God or gods, I want to serve your God. I want to serve your God. Next verse. And then in verse 20, the Bible says that once Naomi could not no longer persuade her to leave, Orpah went back to her people. Ruth stayed with Naomi. She couldn't get her to leave, but as they were going back to Bethlehem, The women looked and they said, can this be Naomi? And she says this, don't call me Naomi. She told them, call me Mara, because the Lord Almighty has made my life very bitter. Out of her pain, she's lost her husband and two sons. I think many of us at some point, and I, and I think Sister Lori asked it during praise and worship. How many of us, or I'm, maybe I'm thinking of a different situation, but somebody asked, have we ever been upset with God? Has God ever, has a situation ever occurred in our life and we question, Lord, why me? And so in her grief and her pain, she's questioning her relationship 
there is a question of her commitment. So she says, call me Mara because the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. And Ruth is like, what? I'm coming to serve your God and you're upset with God? So then the next verse. But then in the next chapter, after she finds a man named Boaz. Y'all have heard of Boaz. And Boaz, come to find out, is a longtime family friend. And she finds favor with Boaz. And Boaz begins to look out for her. And, the lo- and then, excuse me, when Naomi finds out that Ruth has made contact with Boaz, her whole demeanor changes. She says, the Lord bless him, said Naomi to her daughter-in-law. She has not stopped, he, being God, has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead, she, she added. This is our close relatives. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Because of where you are committed, when tragedy strikes you, that's going to determine where you're committed when you realize it was just a test. If you're way down here and and you're struggling with God, and I'm not saying that you're not going to have problems, but if you don't think much of God, if you don't give God the time and the effort, the question was, how committed are you when you've lost it all? When you lose everything and you feel like God has forsaken you, even to lose a loved one in your family. Yes, there's a part of pain, there's a part of hurt. But can you rejoice and say, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead? God is still good regardless of what we're going through. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is always the same. And I I was, one time I was in prayer and I was like, well, Lord, with all the pain and the bitterness that we are going through, Why not give us a second chance? Why not just just take all of this away and and get rid of sin and, and allow us to go back to the Garden of Eden? It's because we would do the same thing all over again. We would do, nobody forced us to do, meaning what happened in the Garden, nobody forced us to do what we did. She had a conversation with the serpent, and he partook of it. They both sinned. So if God took it all away, what would happen? We would just go back to the same thing all over again. So where is your commitment? Where is your commitment? When you've lost it all, when people talk about you, God forbid that, but if something happens to me, and I'm not speaking about Pastor Wendy, but if something happens to me, are you going to go find another church? God forbid that, that there's a drive-by shooting or there's a vehicle accident or there's some type of accident on my job and I'm no longer here. Where is your commitment? Well, Pastor Robert is gone. Well, Pastor Robert is only one person. Pastor Wendy is still here. The Spirit of God is still here. Where is your commitment? We believe in being honest and transparent. If you have questions about things we say, 
why we do what we do, come and ask us. Don't just leave. And we urge for anybody, when your leaders offend you, don't just leave a church. Don't ever just leave a ministry. Go and tell them, hey, it's not working for me. I feel led to God. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, just don't up and leave. Because that shows a lack of commitment. And again, I say, we can't be committed to Christ. We cannot be committed to the local church until we're committed to Christ first. Amen? Amen. Thank you all so much. I pray that God has blessed you and you've gotten something out of it. And, and make us look back and ask, what am I really committed to? What is it that I'm really committed to? If, if we serve donuts every Sunday and then you show up one Sunday and there's no donuts, I'm going home. No coffee. I can't make it without my coffee. Where is your commitment? If there's an accident on the highway and you've got to get to work. Do you not find another way to get to work? So if there's an accident between you and God, if there is something blocking between you and God, you have to ask, how do I get around this and how do I get back to you, God? Because I've got to be there. Time is of the essence. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Where is your commitment? I'm going to ask everyone to stand, please. I had this sign and Sister Lori was holding it behind me. We, we want to say, and, and I'll say it myself, you know, God's got my back. You know, we say that. And it, I'm not going to take that in the literal sense. But yeah, God's got my back because I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm in the right place. But make sure that God really is what you see first see the man see God first and then see the man or woman of God standing saying yes Lord I'm I'm standing behind you wherever you lead me God that's where I'll go
Is everyone committed on today? And I don't mean in the committed of, yeah, I hung out all last night with all kind of people doing all kind of things I had no business doing. I'm not talking about that kind of commitment. Because we all make mistakes. And I won't say we all make mistakes. We all sin. Let's call it what it is. We all sin. We do things we got no business doing. We're in places we shouldn't be. But when it comes down to saying, Lord, I'm going to put you first. When I get out of bed in the morning, I'm giving you honor first. I'm saying, Lord, thank you for this day. I'm going to put you first. Even if I'm sitting in McDonald's, I'm going to pray over these French fries before I eat them. Because I want to give you the glory first. Because you never know who's watching you. Like, why are they praying? I'm telling you, if you eat you go over to a candy machine and you get out a bag of chips or a Snickers bar, you pray over it first. One, we don't know where it's been. We don't know whose hands have been on it. We don't know what type of bacteria may be in it. But if nothing else, saying, Lord, I thank you. You just don't know who wants what you have. And even as the scripture I read earlier, the prophets of old, they wanted God to tell them what was going on. What's coming? But it wasn't for them. It was for you. So where is your commitment on today? If this building burns down, where are you going to be next Sunday? If you lose another loved one, like Ruth. Ruth lost a husband, but Naomi lost a husband and two sons. But she encouraged Ruth. She even told him, look, go sit at his feet when he lays down. And when his feet are uncovered, you cover his feet. Out of her pain, she was still able to bless Ruth. And the Bible goes on to say in chapter 4, verse 20 or verse 15, it says, He will renew your life. And the women who asked about Mara or excuse me, about Naomi, they said, he will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons. But what if Naomi didn't extend that love and that commitment to her? I'm hurt. Get away from me. I can't help you. Because God has dealt with me bitterly. No. God is good all the time. And all things are working together for my good. Because I am called. You are called according to his purpose. We have got to be committed. I want to see changes in my life. I've got to up my commitment. You want to see changes in your life? You got to up your commitment. We thank God for life, health, and strength, and food. He says, I give birds places to live and, and places to nest. But if I care for them, how much more do I care for you? So where is your commitment? Who wants to renew their commitment on today? 